On Monday, August 8th, Tall Can Audio hits 1,000 episodes. Wait, that's still on? Who could possibly still care? And the gang is all here to celebrate. It's euphoric. It's got to be close to Nirvana. It's outstanding. For the first time ever, Maddie, Michaela, Rob, and Matt are all live in studio together. It's happening, you guys! It's happening! Oh my god! Oh my god! I wish you all were here! Is this likely to go well? Just check my notes here. No! At least it will make a lot of noise. Boom. Here comes the boom. A thousand pods and a thousand pints. I don't think I've ever been as proud in my entire life. TCA 1000 drops Monday, August 8th, wherever you find low-quality podcasts. Fuck, it's out of control. Shit. I'm not sure what the f*** this is. I'm about to find out. This is Tall Can Audio. What's happening, everybody? Welcome inside an all-new episode of the Tall Can Audio podcast. We are on Twitter and Instagram at Tall Can Audio, and I hope to subscribe wherever you're listening right now. Uh, it's been a minute, but your boy Maddie Lang is back here with us today. How's it going today, man? The return. Yeah. Yeah, I I feel like I needed a much bigger like entrance to that like maybe like not like the Rock coming back for something. WrestleMania, yeah. but like maybe John Cena coming back for SummerSlam, something <laughs> a little bit more dynamic. I feel like we just brushed that one under the rug. Well, I'm sorry I didn't pump that up quite big enough for you, man. Maybe in post production I'll be able to come up with something for us. Uh... <laughs> I like it, man. Um, how you been, buddy? Good, man. Um, yeah, I mean, just um, shit. Summer's here, so you know. Um, I and I'm, I'm doing good, and I'm happy to be back chatting with you. And uh, we got some fun stuff to chat about today, so really looking forward to it. Yeah, we got. Uh, we're gonna hit uh, some some Canada Day memories here. We're gonna talk a little bit of basketball. Uh, we got a shout out to make here in a second. But you know where we always start, man. Um, what are you sipping on today for the show? Oh man, and I've been waiting to tell you this. Okay. I had a Coors Edge today. I don't even know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not a white I've, claw, so we're no, nobody knows what time we're filming this at, but. Uh, or recording this at rather, but it's still a little early in the afternoon and I just finished work. Okay. Um, leading into Canada Day. So a Coors Edge is a non alcoholic. Right. It's the uh, Coors Banquet that's yep. the non alcoholic. Okay. But I got I gotta send a couple more emails after we're done. So I didn't want to get <laughs> too excited today. So this goes out to my, uh, you know, this is what I usually barbecue with. All right, well, that's <laughs> fair. And, and Michaela's been on a couple times with. Um, she's got. Uh, it's called the Athletic Brewing Company, and they're all non-alcoholic stuff. And I guess they make some IPAs. They make some different styles, and yeah. And she swears by their stuff that it tastes, you know, just like the real thing. And every now and then, yeah, if she's got work to do still after we're done recording, she'll pop one of those in. So, 
You know, we got time okay, for well, that. You, you know what? I'm, I'm glad you, you brought that up because I didn't know that. And they keep popping up on my Instagram ads. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Like you're scrolling through and there they are. And I just assumed it's because Facebook's always spying on us, right? And, <laughs> and if she had mentioned it, then there it is. But yeah, it's good to see it's popping up for you too. But apparently it's pretty good stuff. Okay, I'll have to keep that in mind. Um, if anybody else, I mean, hey, it's a beer drinking podcast. But if anybody, you know, does um, for one reason or the other, like the non-alcoholic, bevies the core is edge it's pretty close to the banquet okay uh, which is kind of the better version of a Coors light to be quite honest and um but for my money it's the heineken zero is the best non-alcoholic beer Hmm. if if you get the heineken in the actual glass bottle from the grocery store i you wouldn't be able to tell the difference all right cool it's it's a hundred percent like if you're out at a barbecue and you got to be the designated driver but you want to just have something in your hand yeah it is my absolute go-to uh you are there though in the uh the golden triangle of breweries you tried anything good lately you want to shout out here for the good listener or we you know what we tried some really cool stuff from left field uh over the weekend and i you know, maybe had a couple too many. Blanked so I can't a little bit. Tell you exactly what we had, <laughs> but it was a it was a blue raspberry, and I want to say it was a seltzer. Um, and they've had a couple new seltzers come through uh, Leftfield Brewery. So yeah, if you're in the horseshoe and you can get your hands on it, I think they're still doing free delivery um, over a certain amount of, of uh, six yep. packs. So um, definitely worth trying out. And I know Rorschach down by the beach. Um, they've had a couple new. Um, of their hedonism um, sours. Okay, so, yeah. And that's usually one of their top sellers. So, um, you know, nice summer beers. Nice summer beers around here all the time. Um, I should also point out to you then, if you're into the seltzers lately or trying that, we've been uh, we've been pushing hard the, the Bangarang. I'm not sure if you've tried that before, but uh, we'd... Um, guy plays for the red blacks but uh needed a bit of a side gig there with the cfl shut down last season so yeah. he got working with bangarang um they make some really nice hard seltzers um i've tried a couple of them now man they're uh they're good stuff and and they're all over ontario so uh if people okay, have, I'll have to keep an eye out for that yeah and uh we've been getting some messages from listeners too saying that they tried it uh people really enjoying the pink lemonade one especially that's the one i keep hearing back about so uh shout out to the bangarang people <laughs> You know, for a guy who talked a lot of shit about Pink Whitney Lemonade last year. I know. (laughs) So I am into... I digress. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm into... uh, This is a new brewery for me uh, out of Bob Cajun, Ontario. Uh, And I started getting some messages because I had, uh, you know, referenced being around the the Lindsay area a couple times last year and and whatever else, um, that there was this new brewery coming in Bob Cajun and it was called Old Dog Brewing Company. So they are open and wanted to check some of their stuff out. So grabbed a few things. This is the first one from there I'm trying, though. And it's uh, their naming convention is all, you know, like the the dogs, right? So this is uh, the Yellow Lab Lager that I'm about to uh, about to try. But uh, they say it's got a little citrus to it, um, a little floral to it. So we'll see what that's all about. But uh, just a 4.3% lager. Like you said, it's a hot summer day. Uh, this will probably be right what I'm looking for right now, man. Yeah, listen, we all like, you know, a fancier beer, but I've had this discussion a few times with friends in the last couple of weeks as to whether, you know, especially anybody in the Toronto area in, in southwestern Ontario, you know, we've had a really hot May and June so yeah. far. Listen, I want 
a course late sometimes. Sometimes <laughs> I want a Laker lager. You know, I'm oh, not easy, out here easy, trying to have easy, a, easy. I'm not out here <laughs> trying to have a deep chocolate stout <laughs> on a 37 degree. It's always stout season, you know, Maddie. Sunday. I'm sorry. <laughs> always stout season. Yeah. This, this is nice, buddy. This is uh, just like a. It, it's exactly as as advertised. It's nothing really to write home about, but it's what you'd expect out of a light lager, right? So, not a ton of um, really strong flavor there, but it's hitting the spot here on a, a hot summer afternoon. So. Uh, yeah, give this a thumbs up to start, and uh, and I got a few more of them to try over the next couple episodes, so we'll see what that uh, what that looks like. Uh, before we do anything else, Maddie, um, need to shout out for it finally becoming official as of uh, late last week. Our pal, friend of the show, and that voice you hear in the intros, in the outros, Amy Burke, officially now once again a four time Paralympian. Like, just amazing. That's good shit, Absolutely man. Absolutely amazing. Yeah. Um, the Canadian Paralympic Committee unveiled the team, uh, like I said, late last week. Amy has been, uh, it made me laugh a little bit, but uh, now officially named captain. But anybody who's been watching for a while knows Amy's <laughs> been captaining that team for a good decade now. Um, but uh, they officially slapped the C on there. Um, she is officially named to the team. We had her on a few weeks ago, and um, she was still a little gun shy. She wouldn't say... It, it's 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 like when they announce the Canadian Olympic hockey team at Sidney Crosby doesn't want to count as chickens, but you're like, we all know Sidney Crosby's going, right? <laughs> like, he just won't admit it. He's like, well, we'll see when they announce the team. That's what she's doing to me. And when I'm asking questions, she's like rephrasing them. I'm like, well, if it's me, I'm like, oh, stop, right? But um, yeah. she's humble that way, and she's trying not to count her chickens and stuff. So uh, it is official now. She will be going to uh, to Tokyo in August to represent Canada at her Amazing. fourth Paralympic Games. So, uh, yeah, shout out from over here. Cheers to Amy. It's, uh, it's an awesome Definitely. accomplishment. Yeah. Well-deserved. For Well-deserved sure. coming back again. And, and uh, you know, this is another one that she's battled back to after having given birth to her second son there. So, um, yeah. no easy feat for, yeah, for, any, uh, for any female athlete to, to get back to that level again. So, um, we'll keep people updated, uh, as she gets closer, I'm sure she'll be back on and, uh, and we'll certainly keep people posted during the games as to how she's doing over there. But just wanted to mention that quickly because, uh, Amy's been on a pile of times and our listeners are always asking how she's doing. So it's official now back to, uh, back to representing Canada for a fourth Paralympic games. Um, not a hard segue here, Maddie. It's, uh, it is Canada day as this is released. Um, you know, I guess we should mention briefly the elephant in the room that it is a Canada Day where people are probably feeling a little more maybe reflective than usual, right? We've had kind of a lot drop in our lap here over the last couple of weeks, um, discovering some things that maybe we should have already known about Canada's history, um, but have now been dragged right out in the, the bright light of day for everyone to take a look at. And I think everybody's choosing to handle Canada Day kind of in their own way now. Some people are kind of choosing to maybe not celebrate quite as much. Some people are just kind of reflecting a bit. Some people are um, still going ahead with their celebration, but with maybe a renewed appreciation for some of the challenges ahead of of us in terms of getting this country to where we want it to be. Um, But I, I think whatever you're doing... It's uh, it's okay for us to reminisce a little about Canada Day's past or things we've done, but before we do that at all, do you got anything at all you want to kind of say in that vein or in that realm or just kind of how that's been on your mind at all lately? Or yeah, man, and, and I'm, I'm glad you asked, Matt. Um, I'm, glad, I'm glad we want to talk about it a little bit. And again, 
keep, you know, keep in sober thoughts. And, um, I know, you know, this, and I'm sure we've mentioned it, uh, on the podcast before, but in, in the past year, um, with, you know, with all the social changes that were happening, um, one thing that me and my business partner wanted to create from a, a perspective of inequality and health in people um, of diverse backgrounds, including people of Indigenous backgrounds. Um, and that's something we've been trying to address in um, the allied health community um, or accessing allied health, accessing um, health care outside of direct just you know your pharmacy and your, and your physician um and trying to find you know ways to not only have people access those services but get people from those communities into those positions to give representation mm-hmm. um to, to help with that right and help with education and, and health so um it's something that we've been really passionate about um over the past, you know, not just the past year, but trying to be a little bit more direct about it in our approach to it in the last year. And um, I think like everybody else, you know, the, the, dis- the rediscoveries of everything like this has just been heartbreaking. And um, it's going to be a little hard to celebrate Canada, you know, the way that we all like to perceive it always. Yeah. Um, I, I think, you know, like most of us, I'm hoping this creates change in a way that, um, didn't necessarily happen in the U.S. last year with the BLM movement. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a little bit more of a positive change. And we can find ways to truly kind of reconciliate what, what happened in our country over 100 years ago, right? Well, not even 100 years ago, 50 years ago, yeah. right? Today, right? So, um, yeah, it, it's going it, to be hard for a lot of us, I think, to kind of move forward and... Uh, but at the same time, still appreciating what we have, you know, coming from a family that um, is immigrant, like is half immigrant, like mm-hmm. super appreciating what my grandparents gave up back home to give their two daughters a better place to grow up and a more positive place to grow up. Right. Um, so trying to balance those two, you know, competing thoughts in your head sometimes and um, just hoping that it's equitable for everybody in Canada moving forward. Right. I think that's really the goal moving um, moving for all of us forward, right? Trying to make sure everybody feels as, as good of can- about Canada as people like you and I do. Yeah, I think that's an interesting point. I'm glad you you mentioned that. That you know we've had some some hard truths put back in front of us that a lot of people have known for a long time, and that either we've sort of tried to look away from or weren't properly exposed to or whatever it might be. Canada has its problems, right? And and we used to get maybe a little too smug looking south of the border. And yeah. I know I certainly know I did. Um about some of the issues going on there and and you know, painting this idealistic picture of Canada that maybe wasn't quite right. With that in mind, you know, while we have our problems and we have absolutely things that we need to do better and, and be more aware of and improve upon, this is still a place that that lots of people long to come to, right? And to start a better life here. And there are parts of this this country that we need to still be proud of and uh, acknowledge that we do well while being very aware of the fact that we can do better and that we need to do better. So I'm glad you brought up the fact yeah. that there are still people who come here to start a better life. And um, that's something that, that we should take pride in. 
definitely we should take pride in it and uh but like everything else in life never resting on our laurels right. and uh, always striving to be better right and always striving to be uh, a more inclusive place always striving to be a healthier place um and a place where everybody can um succeed right and for i think sure. that's, that's that's super important for us you know as canadians we always we always like to think about that and um um you know i, I hope this like i said it, nothing changes the past right but no. hopefully it can help build a better future for us well said maddie but um we are going to live in the past a little bit here for a little a few bit minutes. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and just sort of t- maybe look back at uh you know a couple of, of fond canada day memories or, or things like that that um, were fun in the past. I, I can tell you as a kid, we spent most of my Canada days on the road. And I think I've mentioned on the show before that uh, that the family had a, a boat and we used to cruise up and down the Trent Severn. So it was always a long weekend and, and we'd be, you know, sitting at some lock or some beach somewhere on the boat for most of my uh, childhood Canada days. So I wouldn't really say we had any big Canada Day traditions aside from, like I said, just being on the boat. But there was no one place we would go, no necessarily one thing that we would do. Do you have, is it, was that something, you know, um, as a child that, uh, and we'll get to some of the more adult Canada Day memories yeah. here in a few minutes, but <laughs> did you guys do much to mark Canada Day when you were a kid or was it just sort of an excuse for a long weekend like it was for us? You know, I was trying to think about this, Matt, and I couldn't really think yeah. about much, you know, and I, um, I, not to say it was always overshadowed as a child. It always, you know, came along with the end of school. Yes. Um, and I feel like I used to be a lot more excited about it. Certainly, from that yeah. Perspective. Um, you know, there'd always be kind of neighborhood fireworks um, or fireworks in the backyard with my parents and stuff. And But I can't really remember anything too, you know, dynamic until really high school. Yeah. And no, then, it's true, Because uh, eh? you, you, you walked out as the last day of school straight into the Canada Day long weekend. And right that was always the focus. You're right about that. I, I hadn't really considered it was just, phew, cool, done with that for another year. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It was more about dumping all those school books and the fire, yes. the fire, exactly. fireworks going off. Right, I didn't didn't care too much for what else was going on no, at that point true. of the day. Um, I, I think you know, and forever. Here's an argument that came up uh, actually in clinic with me the other day with a client who was new to Toronto. But um, anybody from the Toronto area, Ashbridge's Bay, the beaches down there, mm. it's now been branded as the beach. Right. Okay. But if you grew up in this area, it was always the beaches. Yes. Even though that it was singular. <laughs> and we know that. We know it's one singular beach. It's not a large beach. We know there's one. Mm-hmm. But it's just, it's the beaches, right? It's kind of this like, it's just what the community was known at. Sure. And uh, it's now become one of these Skydome Roger Centers things in Toronto. And you can tell who's new to the city. Right. Because <laughs> they're, they're at, my clients are like, oh yeah, we might go to the beach. And I'm like, well, which beach? Right. <laughs> like, are you going to Wasaga? Are you coming down here? Are you going to Hanlon's Point? And they're like, well, no, the one on... And I'm like, okay, you guys got to learn the lingo here. Right. Okay? I mean, that's the you beach. sound like a tourist. Exactly. And we, we can tell who you are, right? Because <laughs> um, when I give, you know... Again, everybody knows it's like you're going to meet somewhere and you say, oh, down by Skydome. Right. And if they don't know what you're talking about, you know, they're probably not coming with you to dinner. Exactly. <laughs> they're just, they're out of the group immediately. Right. Um, but I, I would, here's where I'm going with it. It's just that as a high school student, that kind of 
became the place you went to see fireworks, right? Mm -hmm. You'd get together with your friends. As as soon as you were old enough, your parents would kind of say, you know, okay, you know, hop on the TTC, don't get in too much trouble. That's what everybody did, right? So you'd all kind of, you'd pack on the bus and you'd head, head down to the beaches and, you know, bring your towel if you were smart enough or just lay on the sand if you weren't like me and, uh, you know, watch the fireworks go off at night and kind of spend the night with your friends and, you know, not super remarkable, you know, where you're too young to go out drinking or anything like that. And, um, but it was just something again, kind of school was over and a great way to connect with your friends. And, um, those were kind of like fun nights, right? When you, when you think back those simple nights, those easy nights and, um, yeah, I think maybe as we get older, those seem a lot more font in the rear rear view mirror. Sure. Um, as we sort of kick it forward a little bit, you were, uh, as you've mentioned there, you're a Toronto kid. I was sort of out in the burbs and then spending Canada today out in the woods somewhere on the boat. <laughs> were you at some point growing up uh, when you were able to get a little independence, a little freedom and not necessarily be doing the family thing? Were you ever an edge fest kid? No, you know, I... I I, I'm actually I surprised never, to hear that, man. I know. And I don't know why I never became that Edgefest kid because I was always downtown whenever the bands came in for those little shows mm-hmm. um, or those little street shows or whatever it would be. Or, you know, were they now down at Sugar Beach? Yeah. <laughs> Even as a 30-something-year-old, I still go if there's <laughs> a, you know, a band going to play two or three songs. But Edgefest, I just never ended up there. And so the non-GTA listeners, we should let you know that uh, the the big rock radio station in Toronto is called Edge 102, and every Canada Day, they would put on um, sort of a a festival, right? And it was almost always Canadian bands. They would occasionally have some non-Canadian bands in there too, but it was kind of a Canada Day tradition to have this big festival put on by Edge 102, and... Um, you know, for the, the age that Maddie and I are, it was always like Our Lady Peace, Treble Charger, Gob, right? Like, um, all the classics, exactly. Some Billy Talent, maybe later on in there, but those kind of turn of the century Canadian pop punk kind of rock bands, maybe you'd get some Sloan in there. Um, it became a bit of a a scene and they always had these like really big crowds. Like it, it kind of became a thing unto itself like whether you listened to the radio station or not everybody knew Edgefest was coming every Canada Day and I'm I'm honestly surprised we are, are finding it the Maddie Lang was not one of the kids who popped in there at least once yeah I, I don't know I, I maybe it's just my hair wasn't spiky enough back then or I didn't have the you know I didn't have the big beaded necklace that kind of fit in maybe I don't know um now I'm sure and, and, and this is going to be odd for, for me, but we'll start with you. A couple of times, I know the Tragically Hip played Canada Day shows in Toronto. Did you hit up any of those? I, mean, I think we all knew we were going to get around here at some point on a Canada, it's Canada Day, Day. Talk, right? like, yeah. this, is, this is the least surprising <laughs> direction of a podcast in the last yeah. year on Tall Can Audio right here. Um, yeah, definitely, and... I might have to surrender my, my passport if I hadn't, to be honest with you. Um, you know, but I, I, one of my favorite memories was tragically hip Downsview park. Um, I think it was like the second time I had seen them on that tour that they were doing and going through. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I, what year I roughly you were taking of, a stab, what year, what area are we talking about? We're talking about 10 years ago. Okay. We're talking about a decade ago right now. Yeah. Um, 
And, uh, you know, I was with our good friend, Holly, yep. um, shouldn't be surprised. Um, <laughs> and, you know, for anybody who knows Downsview Park, it was, you know, big, huge, open grass area where they, they do like to have a couple festivals or, you know, in the pre COVID world had a lot of festivals and, yeah. um, a nice place where you could get up nice and tight into the crowd, but you could also hang back, um, on the hill and, you know, we just perched up and spent an entire day, you know, from about three o'clock in the afternoon all the way out um, through the evening and, you know, just watching Gordon the tragically hip, you know, anytime we saw them, I think there's a lot of us who um, obviously huge fans, but watching them on Canada Day just felt extra special. Sure. Yeah. Um, I can tell you, uh, apparently if we're forfeiting passports, I have never seen the hip on Canada Day. Oh, well, there. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen them 11 times, and I, I was going through my mental Rolodex trying to check them off. Like, were any of them Canada Day? They weren't. It was always a couple days before, a couple days after. Uh, saw them for my birthday there towards the end of June once. Saw them twice up in Ottawa at, uh, at Blues Fest, which is always like the second week of July. Yeah. So never, uh, never saw them That's on a Canada Day. Gosh, I thought for sure you had seen them with a group of other people, not including myself this time, but... Out in like Lindsay or Rono or something. So up in uh, in Bob Cajun, we saw them do that big show, but I, that was on June twenty fifth. Okay. Uh, so right in the neighborhood, but uh, not actually on. They probably were in Toronto on Canada Day. They were pretty. <laughs> so because it was the same. That was June. Uh, that was June of twenty eleven. So um, that's probably the year you're talking about that you saw them down in, yeah, uh, yeah. in Toronto. Um, one of the the memories I do have from, and this is going way back kind of 2006, maybe, maybe a little later. I can't remember for sure. But uh, speaking of our friend Amy there, her and, um, well, her at the time, future husband, now current husband, uh, Tyler and I flew down because <laughs> world championships for her were in Spartanburg, South Carolina. And normally they're somewhere far, right? <laughs> like you get yeah. around the world somewhere and you just don't bother going. But Carolina seemed doable. So we go down. We watch the tournament, and the gold medal game for the women is on July 1st, which doesn't mean shit in the U.S., but obviously to us, it's cool. Canada yeah. ends up beating Japan in the gold medal game, and so there's going to be a bash over at uh, the athletes are all staying in the residence at the University of South Carolina. So me and Tyler are going to go party with them. We figure well, we should celebrate Canada Day, and we've won this gold medal and whatever. So we go walking up to just this like roadside stand that's selling 4th of July fireworks, right? Because it's coming up. <laughs> and we go in and um, the guy hands us a couple rolls of whatever and they're like red, white, and blue, this and that. And no license check, no ID check, just selling fireworks to foreigners right before 4th of July. Had no idea who we were. And uh, whatever, like we just took them and so we get over there, we all have a couple of drinks, we wait for it to get dark, and we're going to go set off these Canada Day fireworks in uh, in rural South Carolina outside this residence, and we're pitching the blue ones to the side, right? We only want to light the red and white ones, and as we're getting ready to light them, security from the university rolls up, <laughs> and the guy goes, what are y'all doing? Like, well, it's uh, Canada Day, and you know we're down here for... I uh, thought we'd celebrate a little piece of home or whatever, and we're going to light these fireworks, expecting fully to be completely shut down. He kind of looks at them, looks at us, 
and goes to head back to his little cruiser there and he goes, y'all be careful and just drives. <laughs> like, this is the most lax anything I have ever seen. We got, they're selling us explosives. They're letting us blow them up there. And I, I remember saying to Ty, as we were setting these things off, he goes, there's nothing quite like celebrating the birthday of your nation by blowing up a very small piece of someone else's, right? Yeah. <laughs> so that was fun, man. We had some people from uh, the team, the, the Dutch team oh, that were hanging around with us yeah. and celebrating Canada Day, getting all into it. And so that was a cool way to sell, uh, to celebrate <laughs> Canada Day in, uh, down in the U.S. You, you know what? Say what you want about the U.S. sometimes, but God love them. Yeah. There's just... Certain things here were, were too regulated. Maybe, and, yeah. You know, maybe there could be a little bit of a middle ground between things, that, you know, between the countries at times. But like, you couldn't get away with that here. Nope, nope. There's no way. It was you, fun, man. Be, yeah, you know, one of the neighbors, somebody, somebody be calling the cops. Yeah. You'd probably get booked. You get in trouble for you know, <laughs> for who knows what. It's um, yeah, and I mean. If, Jeez, I mean, if they're selling them to you and Ty, I mean, basically anybody could walk up. Pretty much, man. (laughs) A couple of foreigners, like I said. So, um, anything else or any other uh, Canada days that stand out to you where you, uh, you know, had uh, just kind of pleasant memories or, you know, favorite uh, experiences? Honestly, I think there's something about um, it being the the start of summer, generally, right? And definitely, as, you know, our old, for you and me, Matt, as our, older years start coming yeah. on a little bit earlier start. Um, yeah <laughs> you know Canada Day's become that um more of that holiday to stay in the city at least for me but stay in the city but have barbecues right get together with people that you haven't been able to see over you know necessarily the winter or spring you know as a lot of our friends are having kids and stuff like that mm-hmm. where their, their lives are a little bit busier um that's kind of how it always kind of like marks the beginning of the, of the season for me where people have a little bit more freedom to, to hang out. So, um, it's to me, and I don't know about for you, but it's, it's always the August long weekend. That's a little crazier. Right. Like that's because you normally ended up up in the Harcourt area, having the long weekends up there on the dock. (laughs) Having fun, having fun up there with your family. right? Right. So, um, out there and in, you know in the past couple of years it's, it tends to be um a weekend where i'm actually overseas with my soccer team so yeah, yeah. um a couple times before that it's also um i mean for everybody in toronto it's also caravana yeah which is obviously a big celebration here for the community in, in toronto and ovo fest so um that one always kind of seemed more like the party weekend to me where hmm. Canada Day has always kind of had this family feel to it for me. Um, and yeah, so I mean, God, you know, as everybody's going to be listening to this tomorrow, I hope that's exactly what everybody's doing, right? Sure. And just getting together and having a couple, uh, having a couple real beers. Yes. I know I'll, I'll be, I'll be switching over tomorrow. That's for sure. <laughs> You'll be out of prohibition mode. and uh... <laughs> Exactly. Um, while we're sitting here, man, we're waxing poetic about Canada. There is a Canadian team trying to qualify for the Tokyo Olympic Games uh, at a tournament out in Victoria, and it is the last chance qualifier for um, the basket, the men's basketball competition. And uh, Canada, as we sit here and record, I don't believe they're playing again tonight, but on Tuesday night, they won their first game against Greece, which was widely seen to probably be their toughest game in group play. Um, but when I have questions about basketball, you know I always come to you. And uh, this is a pretty good-looking Team Canada roster, 
Um, I'm sure part of it is due to the time of year where a bunch of teams have already been eliminated, but not so long ago that you're out of game mode. It's also helpful that, you know, the tournament isn't halfway around the world. So um, maybe it was a little more appealing for athletes. But this is a pretty good looking Team Canada roster, man. And you know what the, I mean, this is the problem, right? It, I really get upset that Team Canada even has to be in a last chance qualifier when this is basically our B team. Okay. Right. Like, you're like, hey, this is a great lineup. It's a great lineup. Well, compared to what we normally see, yeah. And, and you know, I don't know why Canada in, in certain sports like soccer and basketball have continued to have trouble getting their athletes to commit to being part of a program. Right. I mean, obviously in hockey, that will never be a problem for this sure. country. But, um, you know, it's it's been very disappointing for soccer and basketball. And, you know, the soccer is, is going to be, you know, that they just did their tournament a little while ago. Well, you saw the difference, right? Jonathan David right? shows up, Alfonso Davies shows up, and all of a sudden yeah. you're on to the next round. <laughs> the, you know, you get yeah, you get two high-quality guys. David plays for Lille, I believe, in, in France. Mm-hmm. He's actually the, the biggest Canadian transfer of all time, even though Alfonso Davies is kind of the, uh, the poster boy right uh for canadian soccer um listen they're two fantastic star players in europe right and the quality of of play immediately changes for sure um you know and hopefully that's going to continue to to change the soccer game i mean we have the world cup coming up in only a few years here and yeah next summer i think yeah right like it it's um so yeah but it's sorry it's going to be the world cup it's going to be in north america in a couple years right so we have i think uh yeah, I guess the next World Cup. So it's like five years away or something, right? Like Canada is going to need a very strong team to to show up and compete, and um, hopefully there's a couple more players coming through because that's going to be the next group that really um, invigorates children to play soccer, right? For want to participate. And um, I mean, let's let's get back to basketball, though. You know, the sport at hand. But I agree, this this team is fantastic. Um, Andrew, I mean. I think everybody has their reservations about Andrew Wiggins, but I think he showed this past year in Green uh, Golden State, sorry, that he can actually be a guy on a very competitive team. Right, and it's going to be very interesting. You know, it's his first time back since 2015, and uh, the disappointment of not qualifying for the for the Olympics at that point, getting beaten by Venezuela. Um, he hasn't been back um, until today or yesterday, rather, and um, you know. It, there's a special thing about Nick Nurse, right? Um, yeah. What he's been able to get out of his players over time, and obviously a connection to Canada through the Raptors, but also his grandparents or great grandparents on one side of his family is uh, from Ontario as well. So, um, you know, with the respect that he's earned in the NBA, I think that's probably helped bring some players over. And it's going to be interesting to see. I thought that happens. was a great hire. I think I, I know he's been around yeah. for a couple of years now. But he, he had become, Nick Nurse had like kind of, and winning a title will do that, like beloved in Canada, um, well for respected, sure. like around the league too, as a guy that the players is willing to show up and play for. And again, once you get a title, you earn that respect from them. I thought that was a stroke of genius by Canada basketball to, to hire him to lead their squad. And, um, you know, it, it's bearing out now. Oh. Instant credibility, right? And yeah. that's what you know. That's what I think the U.S. basketball organization did, right? They went to Coach K in the past. This mm-hmm. year, they've got uh, Popovich, and you're seeing like guys like KD, or even though they're getting older and have had some injuries in the past, they're committing because 
they believe in what that coach is, is going to do with them. Right. Right. Um, talk to me a little about, uh, you mentioned Wiggins and, and kind of the Rocky history he's had a little bit with the Canadian national team. Um, but what about a guy like RJ Barrett, right? Who comes back from the Knicks and steps in. It was interesting to watch in the first few minutes of that Canada crease game on Tuesday night that obviously Corey Joseph is still the captain of that team and the leader. And early on in that game, you could see he's setting guys up. He's telling guys where to go, um, despite not being anymore, you know, the biggest name on that team. He still has the biggest reputation on that team and the guy who never fails to answer the flag. And he wasn't shy about telling RJ bear, right? This is where I need you to be. This is where I need you to go. What kind of year did he have? And like, is that maybe the next guy we should be looking at to, to carry Canada? Ooh, great question. So, let me answer that in two parts. Okay, right. so I'm I'm a I'm actually a really big RJ Barrett fan. I'm I, I was huge on him at Duke. Um, I actually think um, I mean time will tell, but I thought he should have been the one who was drafted over Zion um, because I just don't trust Zion's body to to hold up over time. Hmm. Um, I think he, I mean definitely a much more tra- traditional basketball player for sure, but. Uh, He's also somebody who in the last, you know, it's only been a couple of years now, but every year gets a little bit better. Yeah. You know, he adds, he reminds me a lot of a DeMar DeRozan type player, um, similar body types as well. He had a really good year with the Knicks this year. Um, had a little bit of a learning curve with uh, Tom Thibodeau coming in on, as a coach who typically likes older players. Yeah. Um, now as the Knicks kind of surprised a lot of people and ended up in the playoffs and obviously they, you know, they, they kind of flailed out, but Nick fans are always like the Laker fans clamoring for more. So he has been rumored in a couple trade scenarios. I don't think much is going to happen with it. Um, but you also like to hear certain attitudes from players. And he was asked at the end, uh, you know, once they got beat by Atlanta Hawks and somebody say, was it disappointed? And he's like, are you kidding me? Like we weren't even expected to, make the playoffs right you know i'm 21 years old like i'm our team's just getting better like why would i be disappointed we're on the upward trend um and mentioned about how he's you know looking to improve and i thought like that's the outlook you want from such a young guy for sure on a team that like on a culture that you're trying to build right um so i like i'm i'm huge on him i don't think he's a 1a guy right he's never going to be that 1a guy Mm -hmm. but i think he could be that one B one C guy on the, on that team. Right. And, um, <laughs> luckily on a team like team can, when team can is actually stacked, right. Like missing, um, Shea Gildress Alexander, yeah. right. For some, uh, rehab injury concerns. Um, but there's some talk that if they do qualify, he might actually show up for the Olympics. Yep. Um, which would be huge. Cause I think currently, uh, you know, uninjured, Canadian players, he's definitely the best player in, in the world right now, as far as Canadians go. Right. Um, and of course, um, oh my gosh, I'm totally forgetting his name right now. Arrow. Uh, Jamal Murray. Right. Um, that totally was heartbreaking to see him go down earlier. Um, you know, yeah. for his own game and for you know the his NBA hopes and stuff. But just knowing what this summer might look like for Canada to see him go yeah. down, that was heartbreaking, man. Yeah. Now, I mean, truthfully, I think they would be a huge title contender had they not gone, had he not gone down. So right. he might not even be <laughs> able to play um, at all for this team. But um, 
It does look I, like I it, right? As far as I yeah. read, he's he's done for the summer. Like, well, sorry, no, now, gosh, he's he's done completely for a year. Yeah, right. Because yeah. he, he tore his ACL. But I was just thinking from the purpose of if he had enough to okay. ACL, yes. yeah. Denver is probably still playing basketball. True. Yes. In which case, he's not you know available for us right now. Right. Um, he he's the guy who I think is really. I mean, he's he's the heir to the throne. Okay. Right. Um, SGA still needs a little bit of, um, he hasn't had that opportunity to have those leadership moments yet mm-hmm. playing in Oklahoma, unfortunately. Right. Yep. Um, so he's probably got more upside than Jamal Murray does to be perfectly honest. But, um, yeah, it, it's just absolutely heartbreaking for obviously Denver for himself. Um, but team Canada would be just significantly better yeah. with a guy like Jamal Murray, who just, you know, a guy who's got no fear, who just walks out, who always thinks he's the best guy on the floor. Um, that's what you want in a shooter, right? Like yeah. somebody who's like, they're very much like closers in baseball, right? You want a guy who just can't remember 30 seconds ago, right? <laughs> <laughs> he just has no recollection of it at all. Yeah, I, I think that's true, and I, for some reason, I'd sort of let uh, uh, let Jamal Murray slip my mind somehow. Maybe it is the the injury or or whatever. But I, I I just wonder, like, what do you think about a guy like Corey Joseph and the reputation that he has developed on the Canadian team and and being around as often as he is? Do you think some of these other young guys and with you know potential young stars in the mix in the future, um, will they be okay with a guy like Corey Joseph directing? traffic given his reputation or will he sort of get pushed down a little bit once these other guys come around oh that's a great question and i'd assume you know it's such a young team yeah um looking at a guy like Corey joseph who's played on some very good raptor teams um, especially when a lot of these guys were coming up through college, yeah. <laughs> right? He, he was kind of the number two point guard for the Raptors for a while there. Um, came from a great program in, in San Antonio as well. Um, he's still in the league within, I think it's Indy right now with the Pacers. I thought he was with the Pistons. I'm sure you're right. I don't know why. I'm oh gosh, he might, he might have bounced around one more yeah. time. Um, I'm not going to argue with you over it. <laughs> oh gosh, I mean, <laughs> You know your shit better he's, than I do. So he's honestly one of those guys that, like, he's unfortunately kind yes. of bounced around in a couple of trades. Well, that's in the what past I mean, years. right? Does that hurt his reputation? Or once you get to a national team, does, does everybody understand the roles change a little bit? I, I'm curious. Well, I I do think that a guy like Nick Nurse relies on a very strong point guard mm-hmm. um, and somebody who can help direct the traffic on on the court. So I also don't think that if Nick Nurse feels like you're listening, he's going to keep you on the court too long, right? Right, I, I think he does use guys like Fred VanVleet and, and Kyle Lowry like that for the Raptors, and I would just assume he would just lean on Corey Joseph in that exact same role right now, mm-hmm. the way he would lean on uh, Jamal Murray or SGA, just being younger guys. I think, um, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that, right? To to have the older guy on the court to to help teach these guys, um, you know, basketball is not just. I think where Canada has been in trouble in the past is even coming in with more skill than certain teams trying to just rely on that certain skill and get into one-on-one basketball. It's a different and, game, right? The, the, it's played slightly differently on that international stage too. And yeah. and you could see that early on. Um, and Dan Schulman did a nice job of pointing it out there on the, on the play-by-play call that Greece was going to push this as far as they could. They knew they weren't as talented. Um, so let's see how hard we can, kind of foul you how much we can kind of get in the way here and, yeah. and you know force this young Canadian team that does have more talent to kind of battle through that and 
Um, you could see that early on. Greece kept it really, really close before yeah. Canada kind of started to run away with it late in the third. Or not run away with it, but, you know, make things a little bit more comfortable. Yeah. Uh, early on, they were being pushed. Yeah. And, and the one big change with, with FIBA basketball is some of the three in the key rules. Mm-hmm. So where the NBA is moving to a very small lineup, right? Um, in FIBA, you can really use a, a Marcus like player and kind of just plug him into the middle and just say, well, I'm going to block the lane. Right. Which really makes it challenging for guys like Wiggins or RJ Barrett to, to get through obviously. Right. When they're, they're looking to get switches and move around and put these big guys in difficult positions in FIBA, the, the big guys don't always have to move. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and that, that forces you to really move the ball a around a lot better to create those open shots and those open layups. Um, so I, th- I think, you know, the one guy we haven't mentioned, um, Dwight Powell, another, yeah. I mean, listen, most of these guys are going to be from the Toronto area, obviously. Right. But sure. Dwight Powell, um, a lot of people have kind of forgotten about him. He tore his Achilles, uh, back in early 2020, I think. Um, yeah, I think it was early 2020. So, I mean, he's rehabbed. He's been back in the league. Um, nice, big body player who's, who's just going to be so important in this qualifier tournament um, for the team. And um, it, it plays on Dallas. Um, really looking forward to him kind of being that like that big body because we've got guys like Tristan Thompson, Thomas who didn't come, right? right. Um, we're missing Kelly Olynyk. Um, who's generally been pretty good about showing up for Canada mm-hmm. uh, and Ken Birch, who, you know, most people listening to this would recognize from um, as a late ad for the Raptors coming over for Orlando and doing quite well for Nick nurse as well. So I was surprised that he didn't show up for this team, but um, puts a lot of pressure on Dwight Powell to, to really big, to be a big stopper. Yeah. It, it, it's an interesting tournament. It's a quick one. Um, you know, just three teams in each pool. So by beating Greece, um, you know, Canada kind of puts themselves in a good situation. The, the, the team from China that has showed up isn't as good or isn't expected to be as good as some of them have been historically. So um, we'll see. And then you, you, you move over. And if you can get first in your pool, obviously it sets you up nicer to, to run through this. This is as good of a chance, you would think, with the, even this roster, which you kind of called the B team, which is fair enough. There are some big names that uh, that aren't here. This is as good of a team as Canada has put on the court in a while. And it's time, man. Like, there's been heartbreaks. There's been guys not show up. We've seen a lot of reasons over the last 20 years why Canadian teams have not made it to the Olympics. It's time. Like, you got to get this done here on home court with this much talent um, in a tournament like this where there's not really... Like, that's not to say somebody can't jump up and bite you on the ass, but there's not a huge powerhouse standing here in your way. You got to find a way and you got to get back into the Olympics with this much. I think I read that Canada is now the team with the second most NBA talent. Like, there is no excuse not to be at the Olympic Games. Absolutely zero excuse. And uh, like you said, it's time. and We've got enough talent there now. And I think we finally got a coach. Right and, and somebody who's organizing it, um, there's no excuse for this not to happen. And Matt, you know, before before we finish it off, let me give you the name of your next favorite Canadian basketball player. Okay, okay? sweet. Because I know I know you like the grinders. Yeah. You know I know you like the big guys. Sure. 
I know you like the guys who, you know, a little bit rougher. Who, like was, I, who was I all about before? Was it Scola? Was that my guy? I think that I was, was your guy, yeah. Scola, right? <laughs> um, so we're going to we're gonna take you from this, the Argentinian team. We're going to get you a favorite player on Team Canada. All right. So Lou Dort. Hey, I was watching him, uh, and you know, all season I've been hearing about this guy, but uh, not a bad game one for him either. Although yeah. Dan Schulman did point out, huge Hab fan, right? That he's been following them, and that's a strike against man. That's a strike. You know, against. I mean, you can't fault the guy for being from Montreal. Uh, I can that's, though. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Listen, if he was from Ottawa and cheered for Montreal, I'd have a bigger problem. Yeah, but, maybe. Yeah. No, I. You know. If you're from Montreal, you can't choose to be a dickhead or not, right? That's what you're stuck with. That's what it is. But yeah. listen, that this is a guy who last year, you know, in the bubble kind of got a little bit of fame. Yeah, for, burst onto for the scene a little working bit. Working on shutting down James Harden. Um, and it almost worked. Like, they took them to Game 7 and, and really had them on the, the ropes. You know, he was not a great shooter last year, and, and people were talking about that, but just a clamp on, on defense. And he came, you know, worked on the summer and came back this year. And again, not the most consistent shooter right. yet, but he's really just, you know, put work in. His shot's better. He'll get points for you. It's not like last year in the bubble where Houston was just leaving him wide open and sure, saying, go yeah. take your three-point shot. This is a guy who's improving on his game. Um and just an absolute clamp on defense. Hmm. Um, so hopefully, you know, again, Team Canada moves through to the Olympics. They might even be able to add um, Dylan off of uh, the Memphis Grizzlies, who's okay. kind of, I think, waiting. He's, he's another just remarkably just defensive-minded player that I think Nick Nurse would love to have on this team, um, which would also give Team Canada a really great opportunity to – to medal, yeah, honestly. Get on I, a podium, I think there's man. a very good opportunity for this team to medal um, if they can get one or two other of these uh, NBA players to commit through this. But uh, there you go. I, I think uh, that's that my guy, eh? Canada Lou Dort jersey is uh, that's the next purchase, I think. Okay. For, for Big Matt. We are out of Dort license plates. Is, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'd be remiss, Maddie, before we wind this down. Uh, we are down to. Uh, you know, the short strokes here in the NBA. What have you kind of made of this playoff round and, and who's left standing? Well, hey, you just said it. Who's left standing, for yeah. fuck's sake? Yeah. I mean, this has been uh, injury central here. And um, I know LeBron's out here talking about, you know, it's a risk of too many games. And listen, it, it, there's got to be part of it that's that. But there's been so many just weird injuries. I mean, even his, his ankle sprain before the playoffs came about, just a weird kind of just unfortunate. Um, yesterday, uh, Giannis went down. Um, now the report I saw just before we jumped on said there is no structural damage. Okay. But good. take that for what it's worth. That was just something off the internet real quick. Uh, the internet doesn't lie, Maddie. Ne- not that I've known. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I was going to make a Republican joke. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it, it was off like a pretty, a pretty, you know, a good news for NBA source. But um, I mean, you never know until That's right. so what they say and um, whether he's he comes back at all. Or I mean, we've seen this on the other side of the bracket with Kawhi Leonard. Them saying it could be an ACL, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Mm-hmm. Um, who knows? There's some posturing too. I mean, obviously you hope it's not because he's such an important player to the NBA yeah. and to watching and to have him be out for you know all of next season. 
another guy. You know, it's just it'd be just absolutely devastating for the league that's uh, you know always continuing trying to grow and would um, really put the East in a tough spot. I think as a conference. So um, hopefully for him, he's he's good. But gosh, I mean. <sighs> Who's standing? What's left? I don't know, man. The Bucks and the Hawks. Uh, you know, if you had told me the Buck, the, the Hawks, sorry, would continue to just kind of get through right. this whole time, and you know, Trey Young, their their young superstar, he, his ankle's been hurt because he stepped on the ref. <laughs> like, it, it's it's just like it's it's farcical at this point, right? right? That um, the number of, and the way these injuries are happening, especially because there weren't a lot in the bubble. And I actually expected a hell of a lot more at that point after that weird little layoff. So, um, I've been kind of touting the Suns as my, my pick for the last couple rounds. Um, for me, once they were able to get through the Lakers, that that's what it was. I thought once they got through the Lakers, I thought that was it. Um, and that they had a pretty good route all the way through. And um, listen, Devin Booker is fantastic and fun to watch. Um, he's been a little bit off since he got uh, his uh, nose broken, obviously. Um, and he's wearing the, the little mask, right? Um, hey, listen, I wouldn't even be out on the court. <laughs> no, exactly. I'd like, be sitting back, right? Um, they've got, you know, old, you know, maybe a top three all-time point guard in Chris Paul, who's just defying age right now. I mean, God, man, he, he's my age, and he's still out there doing what he's doing. And, you know, I got to stretch to get up off the couch. Right. So, you know, to put it into perspective, and, um, they've got a great young center in DeAndre Aiden that a lot of people don't know about because he was drafted in the same year. And actually, he was drafted before Trey Young. He was drafted before Luka Doncic. Um, but we know big guys take a little longer to develop it. Uh, this guy is just killing everybody right now. Um, so it, that's that's my pick. Um, I mean, obviously, they still got to get through a pretty talented Clippers team, and it's not over yet. I think it's 3-2 right now as we talk in that series. Um, but I think they've just got too much talent to get through. And um, I don't know if the Bucks or the Hawks have enough, regardless of a Trey Young or if Giannis are available. I just don't think they have enough to compete with that team. And it, they've just kind of got that role, kind of like the Raptors did a couple of years ago. Like they almost don't know they shouldn't be there yet. And they're just kind of rolling with it and having fun. And sure. it's, it's real fun basketball to watch. Um, the disappointing thing for guys like you and me in Ontario is it's all on the West coast yeah, right now. So I'm getting too unless old you want to stay up at midnight, yeah. you know, it's um, we're unfortunately at the time of basketball games right now where that last minute, last half an hour, Yep. So you might have to be up past eleven thirty, and uh, I know you know you like your warm milk at about ten o'clock. <laughs> so hard for you to stick up. <laughs> true, man. True. Um, anything else you wanted to get to on this one? Oh, geez. You know, I, I hope the Blue Jays get a reliever. This that's it. Yep. <laughs> it's got nothing else. Just get a reliever, please. I'm sick of seeing Bo Bichette and Vladdy hit the absolute leather off the ball and then checking the score the next day and finding out we lost six, five, and nine. No. You know, it's just every single day. But I know they've been on a little bit of roll. I think they're eight of nine recently. So um, turning that tide, turning that tide. Vladdy having an absolute monster of a season. It could be. It could end up being the greatest season of Blue Jay baseball. He's on honestly. pace to do that, man. He's on pace to uh, to set some Blue Jay records in a few different categories. So that would be incredible. Um, like you yeah. said, he's just 
absolutely teeing off right now. And selfishly, as a Blue Jay fan, I was stoked to see him pull out of the home run derby and just go, nope, I'm not messing with my swing out here doing this thing. Um, Yeah, I I think moving forward, you're going to see MLB act on that a little bit, that if you're there and you're asked, you know, we'd like you to actually do it. Similar to what other leagues do sometimes, if you skip the game, there can be some sort of punishment or, or whatever. And he's not skipping the game, but you've heard enough guys talk about how it messes up their swing to to do that 80, 90 times or whatever in a home run yeah. derby. I was glad to see he's not going to do it. So, and that's, I get that's a little selfish, but whatever. He is killing it right now. Yeah. And just, um, man, I mean, just, listen, he's going to, guys like you and I, we kind of have a vague recollection of George Bell. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, if we look back, I'm pretty sure that's the best season yeah. um, as far as a Blue Jay hitter goes. And, uh, and we've had some remarkable seasons for Blue Jay hitters, right? We had uh, Whamco and we had the three top uh, batting averages and we've had some, you know, some big home run hitters like Jose. Well, when you did that, that, is, that, that two, three, four of Donaldson, Bautista and Carnacion yeah. there for a couple of years, that was scary good too. Right? Right? But this, this lineup is just, this is very reminiscent of that. Yeah. And, uh, Man, he's. I mean, how many stat categories is he at the top of? It's it's unbelievable. Yeah. So um, uh, it, it's been fun to watch, even though they're stuck down in Buffalo. But I have it under good knowledge that mm. it will be back in Skydome by August. Okay. Right. Well, then so, you and I might be too. Yeah. Exactly. Now I don't know if they're going to be having fans just yet, okay. but. Okay. I don't know. Like that could be. September. Well, then we'll be across the street at right? Steam Whistle. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Listening for those home run balls coming right. out of the stadium in an empty room. But um, yeah, that's that's what I'm hearing. And uh, yeah, I'm hearing under good uh, advice that that's what's happening okay. on the inside. I like that little uh, little tidbit from Maddie as we uh, yeah. wind this one down. Always like to leave you with one little bit, right? Yeah. A little bit of Toronto uh, rumor mill. All right. We like that. We appreciate that. Um, Maddie, what is on tap for you on Canada today? You know what? I'm, I got to say, I'm, I'm actually going to be very blessed this year. I'm um, going to be out on a boat um, yes, guys. In, the, in the evening, out watching the fireworks. So I think uh, just a little barbecue during the day and uh, just at home taking it easy and uh fireworks at night on the boat so pretty pretty excited and uh again just nice to uh you know uh think about how lucky we are yeah yeah that's uh that's not a bad way to wind this one down and and we will get out of here on um what i think kind of ties together a few things we talked about off uh, off the top of the show here uh we have of course the tragically hip matt before and i and i yep. know you're queuing some up here but yep. uh, i just thought about this um as you just cued me on this. So, um, you know, one of the last things Gord Downey asked of Canada was to fix the Aboriginal problem. And, uh, I mean, he looked dead in Justin Trudeau's eyes and, and asked him at a concert. So, um, listen, I think that's the perfect way to cue it up. And, um, said we, we can all do this differently and we can all look into ways we can help and support Aboriginal communities in Canada. And, um, I hope everybody takes that opportunity to, at some point on Canada Day, to look into that. I think that's well said, man. Uh, and I'm not going to try and do any better as we uh, tie everything together from the beginning of the show. Um, it's Canada's band being covered by uh, the Twin Flames, an awesome Aboriginal group out of Ottawa. Uh, it's the song Grace 2, which is uh, our pal Amy Burke. We mentioned at the beginning of the show, headed to her fourth Paralympics. 
Um, this is one of her favorite hip tunes. It's on her warm-up playlist, her training playlist. So we can kind of dovetail all these awesome things together. Uh, like I said, this is the Twin Flames version of the Tragically Hips Grace 2 as we wind down another episode of the Tall Can Audio Podcast. However you choose to mark the occasion, whether it be in reflection or celebration, we hope you have a wonderful Canada Day from Maddie Lang. My name is Matt Robinson. We will see you next time on Tall Can Audio. He said I'm fabulously rich. Come on, let's go. She kind of bit her lip. Jeez, I don't know. But I can guarantee There'll be no knock on the door I'm a total You can get more TCA at tallcanaudio.com or by searching Tall Can Audio on your favorite podcast app. Can get.